You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, a platform we've created to bring the Nordic tech community together. My name is Charlotte Roberts and I'm your host. The discussion is going to be tips on how dev teams can remain agile whilst working remotely. So first and foremost, um, if you could do a little introduction to yourselves, if I could go to Christian first, that'd be great. For sure, for sure. Uh, so my name is Christian Gjolikson. Uh, I work for Kambi in Stockholm. Uh, we provide a uh, sports book like to a number of uh, operators where we calculate all the odds for, for different uh, sporting events mainly. Uh, so uh, I'm an, uh, what we call an agile development manager, uh, which is short for regular, regular line manager with some uh, agile coaching built into it, I suppose. Uh, and I have three th- teams doing um, like a, a wide range of things, uh, developing uh, some stuff in Java and API and uh, some uh, work on a, a data lake and, uh, and also our core data warehousing team. Um, so I, I am particularly interested in, uh, in, in leadership and this sort of uh, understanding motivation and being uh, uh, sort of mindful in, in, in that in that context and and, uh, uh, and learning about that both uh, about myself and others I suppose uh, I, on a personal note I love rock climbing and uh, and that's uh, sort of uh, pretty much sums uh, me up I guess <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, oh great I love that introduction thank you very much Christian if Hans if you'd like to introduce yourself that'd be great sure uh, so my name is Hans Sandstrom. I work for a company called OneFlow uh, where I'm the engineering manager and um, basically if we were at the office it would mean I'd be the person turning the lights on in the morning and then turning the lights off at night uh, but now I try to do this remotely whilst also hiring developers and making sure that we as a team can grow inside OneFlow and uh, OneFlow is a company uh, aimed at uh, making it simple for, for clients uh, to sign contracts, basically, uh, working a lot with in- integrations uh, to make it simple to uh, make sure the data can flow in between systems. Uh, when I'm not doing all these things, I am very keen on uh, training sports in general and uh, CrossFit in particular lately, uh, and also trying to sort of what it, figure out what it means to own a house. <laughs> a lot, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I've recently had them struggles as well with being a new homeowner. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, if uh, Riku, if you could introduce yourself, that'd be great. Yes, so I'm Riku Warma from Fishbrain and Fishbrain is world's largest fishing app and also a lot more nowadays we also run a fishing tackle store in USA and we are also besides being a tool set for sports fishermen we are also pretty much world's largest fishing social media and I'm director of engineering running approximately seven <laughs> product teams at this moment it's changing and growing quite fast mm. fast at this moment and and on the professional side i i am like just like christian really interested in leadership development and this is pretty much why i do this work 
And outside of the work on my free time, I also do a little bit of leadership coaching and I actually just uh, published my first leadership development book last year. So seven principles of becoming a leader, if you want to check it out. And then outside of fishing, being at fish brain, uh, outside of work, I'm always fishing. So fish brain pretty much is a perfect match for me <laughs> in that way. And yeah, that's pretty much about me. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like the perfect match there. Um, and definitely uh, glad to have you on our podcast as well. So thank you very much for everyone for their introductions. Um, so that leads me on nicely to our um, our first question then. Um, so this is Hans' question. So how to manage how to manage a growing data growing team whilst working remotely? Uh, so if Hans, if you'd like to sort of give a little bit of background uh, behind that question, that'd be great. Yeah, so I mean, uh, we uh, or me at OneFlow especially uh, have been hiring a lot of people during this uh, pandemic. Uh, to give a bit of background, when I started and I started OneFlow during the pandemic myself, uh, I wasn't really sure if I would start at all because of the uh, sort of uh, shrouded and added uh, layer of uncertainty that was. Uh, added to our world during the pandemic. But uh, it turned out that uh, things worked out uh, for me and then for OneFlow. And we came into a situation where we needed to gear up and hire more people, uh, pandemic or no pandemic. Uh, a lot of things had to be done and uh, we had to grow and we had to become more uh, OneFlowers. And uh, I was, uh, as a manager, involved in all the hiring uh, that we are doing especially for the intuitions team and uh, it meant a lot of things and principles that we normally do uh, during hiring process had to sort of be tilted a bit because all the hiring was uh, all of a sudden done by link as this podcast is uh, also recorded on link and it's it's sort of different because you don't meet a person you sort of meet the uh, um, an avatar of the person a person you see in the camera in a way to the version yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's uh, becomes very hard to um, it becomes very hard to uh, to see and grasp this. So uh, it's been all about making sure that you can what you can do to uh, to see the person behind uh, the lens uh, and make sure that that you um, also maintain a competence-based interview, meaning that like you ask the same questions, you don't focus too much on. If the person seems likable enough for your first uh, uh, sort of uh, few uh, few uh, interactions with this person, uh, so that becomes a thing. Another part that's really hard is it's really hard to meet the team in an efficient way. Normally, it's sort of uh, part of the process, I believe, to sort of introduce uh, people to each other, make sure the candidate can meet the team real real quick, and uh, get to hang out and get a vibe and of how they are doing. Now working remotely, that's obviously a lot harder. So um, uh, it presents itself with a certain type of problems. And uh, I mean, uh, I can't say I cracked it, but uh, we have at least sort of had a go at it uh, since we have grown from five to 20 people during this year. <laughs> mm. oh, that's quite a growth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm. yeah, so if Riku, mm. if you'd like to go first. Mm. I have to say first that we are exactly on the same situation. We start from the little bit bigger and going even bigger. <laughs> uh, 
and those teams and yeah it's a different process while you are hiring people remotely i was hired remotely myself <laughs> to stockholm and it's a different process but how we are cracking it is that we are pretty much pretty much really really starting from the beginning of the recruitment making sure that we create the position so that they are they are suited for remote working workers and we pretty much build the whole process to to just accommodate complete remote testing of the people we have templates for testing we have templates for interviews we have online feedback systems so we basically moved everything that we did before on face to face we moved that to the to online and it also has changed a little bit on what kind of people we are looking for because for example remote working experience it's a skill that people actually grow in while they are working remotely and trying to find people who have actually experienced working remotely is quite beneficial here mm. of course sometimes you cannot find those people so you are taking a chance with someone someone there but that's how we started started cracking that one and i had to say we have quite a long process of getting people in to fish brain and it can take pretty much four to five interviews and we actually include like you said it's hard to get the team involved there so we have something we called social fika so we basically either introduce the team or some other people on the last stages of the interview to the candidate and get them together without really an agenda just to get to know each other a little bit this is usually the last step in our interview and i think we have been doing quite good work on that and 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 it's i feel it's quite easy to get really also really really excited of all the possible people that you have around the world <laughs> that you can hire when you go from local to remote hiring but that also means that you had to be yeah you had to be really good on finding those right people and making sure that you hire the right ones and that's a start for me at least yeah so i, I was a bit curious about this how to involve the team members and uh, I think at least one thing uh, like related to, to onboarding uh, is to get the rest of the team really excited to onboard someone uh, remotely because it becomes uh, I think slightly uh, harder right uh, mm -hmm. in this context uh, so I mean it sounds like we've all had to, to work through that particular problem of involving the team in the process uh, and uh, it was interesting to hear your um, uh, su suggested approach to it Rika, to, to have this last stage of the, uh, the interview uh, in that way do, do you think there is anything more that, that like we, we have uh, like in the first stage the first interview two members of, of the team uh, present there uh, together with uh, with me generally and then they get to to um, talk to the person and the beginning we but usually include include also one person from the team and yeah. we had on different stages we have different people 
mm. interviewing the candidate depending on what state it is it is so it might be that he has met mm. quite a few team members or if not immediate team members then from the neighboring team so mm. they get to meet some people from the company and uh, i would say the onboarding process yeah it it already starts kind of from the last steps of the recruiting mm. and for the team members to see that okay this is the next team member that we are going to get and and we yeah. have we continue pretty much with a full onboarding plan then that is also now aligned for remote remote mm. situation remote working and 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 in essence pretty much would be same things that we did before but now we just have figured out how to do it all online and you surprisingly well can do everything online once you adjust your mind on it it's mm. in the end not so much different than meeting in face to face once you wrap your mind around it just curious uh when you say that you involve the developers of the team that early uh it, i mean it potentially it could take a lot of time away from developers uh, if you do this too much do you yes. have any sort of screening before this we have we have our first screening is done by hr and also the cvs are screened quite quite strictly but mm. we really think that this is the time when we need to get people involved and this is so critical time when we are hiring people for the company so we want to spend time here and mm. and and making good hire versus not making a good hire or making even a bad hire the cost is so huge for the mm. company for the team so i rather spend my team's time here in the beginning some hours from team members than then spend hundreds of hours after the recruitment is done. We, we do it in a, in a similar way, uh, only that, that it's me that ha, uh, do the, the screening interview, so it takes my time. Uh, and then, then the team joins. But, but even then, uh, including the team so early, takes a lot of time. And I think a key part for us has been to uh, emphasize the value of it, uh, basically. That, that, like if we, uh, yeah, it's worth spending your time on. Uh, mm -hmm. Just like like you you say, Riku, that but it, it it is uh, um, such a like uh, high importance decision to to make in a way. Definitely, and we are also looking a lot on the cultural fit. We are mm. really proud of our culture in the fish brain, and mm. we are not only looking for basically skill set fit, but we are really looking for do the candidate fit in the company, in the team, and 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 do, can they align with our values in the company. Mm. And we spend also a lot of time on basically screening and getting a feeling of the candidates and how it would be work with them remotely. And do we feel that they could be integrated into company like any other employee, even though they are remote? Hmm. So at the moment, or uh, maybe off topic a little bit, but but are are you recruiting for like people to permanently and uh, work remotely from now on? Um, yes. All right. All right. Mm. Oh, but Hans, are you also? Uh, in in a way, I'd say uh, we're. Um, it is 
we are uh, have a few teams, uh, sort of one team uh, based uh, in Sri Lanka and uh, one team based here in Stockholm, Sweden. And uh, if you're going to belong to a team, uh, and I've also noticed this, even though it's easy to say that uh, that you can work together in a team from multiple locations, yes, it's possible, but uh, I think it, it sort of makes sense to have an opportunity to see each other face to face from time to time in a post corona world so i think it's it's one thing to have one team set up in in uh, in one uh, one location uh, and then have another team in another location but i think it makes sense for for um, to have some like this basic possibility for that team to meet up but that's just my opinion i know that our love of uh, other people would uh, like uh, deviating opinions and i think it's it's fine it's all about uh, the company culture and at oneflow uh, we try to I, i only been at oneflow during the pandemic i should add but uh, it's a very strong company culture in the sense that people from different departments hang out a lot and you would mm-hmm. sort of miss out on this if you weren't at the office so mm-hmm. even though we would we would not necessarily say no to a person who wants to work from another location I still think it's sort of uh, good if they have at least long term would like to relocate uh, and uh, yeah. come work for us on, on site because that way they can become a full member of the team, basically. That's actually a similar approach to what we have done uh, lately, that uh, the initial period, uh, we are very flexible and can, like, um, all right, full remote working uh, if there is sort of a plan to, uh, uh, to to relocate and join on-site in, in the long term. Um, uh, and I think there is, uh, like, uh, on the um, question, uh, if it sort of makes sense for the team to to have uh, remote, remote joinees uh, indefinitely, it, it sort of depends on the specific team as well, uh, in a way, because, uh, like, one of my teams, I, I, I would actually not not consider that type of setup because they really really enjoy this like at the office hangout and it's an important part uh, for for that group of individuals uh, and for uh, one other team i think it would work just fine i mean so uh, it sort of depends i guess at fishbrain we have taken a little bit different path on that and we actually yeah. have plans to have really full fully remote team members in also mm. in kind of a local teams, but we don't really talk about local teams anymore, but they are fully remote teams. And we haven't been yeah, in the office really for <laughs> over a year. So everything has been <laughs> remote this far and we have made it work pretty well. Yeah. It requires really good tools and really good communication, really good management from the managers. It requires quite a bit more from the line managers to actually make these teams work and get everyone included in the team and have equal opportunities in the team Mm. and feel connected to the team but we yeah we have taken a leap to that direction while we understood that we actually can make this work and we made it made it work during the last year and then we thought that okay let's not restrict ourselves and let's try it see how Mm. it goes and and this far it's working quite well of course there will be these challenges like hey if you have 
four people in Stockholm and then you have three people around the world, they are not going to meet <laughs> every now and then. So there's going to be virtual afterworks and hangouts or we have mm. we have office party where we have a big screen connected to mm. the people on the other end. Mm. And, and this way, but yeah, it also gives so much flexibility to finding the people that we really need and mm. hiring exactly the exactly the skill set and the cultural fit that we need. And we mm. keep it pretty much now nowadays plus minus four hours on the time zones to mm. to yeah. keep the working hours reasonable. And Somewhat that helps different. also. So we put some some little bit looser <laughs> limits for ourselves to make it comfortable for us and especially to the remote workers because we don't want them to be working <laughs> on nights or the really, really early mornings just to be able to join the our rituals, for example. You, you said something that, that caught my, my interest, that, that, that remote working puts uh, some extra demands on, on the line managers. Uh, and uh, I guess you've observed maybe a number of uh, managers. Uh, is there anything you can identify that that, that is extra important that to, to sort of do this successfully and uh, in a remote setting? Yes, I would say so. The actual one-on-one -on -one time mm -hmm. that you spend becomes really important on remote setting and how you divide mm -hmm. that. We tend to usually have one-on-one -on -one time maybe once in a week with our with our employees and you talk about pretty much about everything there and then you meet up in the coffee coffee room or at water cooler and you chat about some other stuff and then you maybe have some talks about uh, personal development or coaching while you are working and you see how things are getting done and these might not be happening on a remote setting mm. naturally so it puts a little bit different demand on the planning for manager how they will keep the connection to the to the team members and I like to for example myself I like to divide at least two one-on-ones each week each week for my my team leaders while they are talking with me so we have operational one where we go through the operational stuff then we have a developmental one where we have leadership coaching sessions and we separate those two and and try to get also informal discussion there so these three kind of lines of communication and forums need to be going on and yeah they happen much more naturally in office mm. setting. And I, I can, yeah, go ahead, Sean. No, I was just going to say that kind of um, leads us on quite nicely to um, Riku's question, because um, I know that you, you sort of wanted to ask how do other people organise the informal interaction with the teams and the management and how, how do you, you organise them sort of, you know, so to speak, water cooler chats that, that you, you do miss out on when you, when you are working uh, remotely. Um, so, yeah, did... Did you want to give a bit of background behind that? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that is the one thing that suffers most on remote working environment, and that is mm -hmm. also the one thing that is so important on uh, connecting <laughs> all the team members together and creating relationships with between the team members and getting that working on a remote setting where you usually had to book time and you had to have agenda to call someone. <laughs> and setting the environment 
in such way that you can actually have these kind of random discussions or informal discussions with people and meet up people not only from your team but from uh, other departments other other teams in the company that's it's not easy <laughs> and it also puts a little bit of pressure for people if you if you just book meeting with everyone <laughs> and you should have something to discuss and yeah i'm really interested in hearing how you have been solving this with your remote teams or mm. do you have any ideas uh, like, like we have tried quite uh, or maybe Hans, do, do you have any, uh, any input or yeah i mean it is um you mean especially with remote teams or in general i mean when teams uh, that have been sort of uh, normally would work together uh, how they interact or is it's more like constant remote teams i would say anyone who is not on the same place at the same <laughs> at the same time be it a short time or a long time yeah i mean um all these things that you would normally do together as a group have to be formalized i believe uh and it's sort of goes against um uh, uh, the presumption that things like this should be organic. But uh, one thing that I have seen that doesn't really exist too well in the cyberspace is this, uh, is a vir virtual water cooler. Even though you have like a setup uh, where you have like a shit chat channel and uh, like places like this, you sort of have to book in fikas. Uh, like Swedish fika is like basically just a coffee break. Uh, but it's a way where people can talk together and hang out. Also, trying to book sessions for making sure that people actually do walks and talks with each other and hang out and discuss things that are not just work is also things that have to be organized as a, as a line manager. So these things take time. Now, it's also really, uh, you touched upon before, I think this, this concept of one-to-ones is something that um, before this, I was running the, them normally uh, for all employees about once a month. And now I think it's, at least for some employees, it's, it's, uh, it's really important to have it more often than so. So like every other week, like bi-weekly, uh, it's a better, uh, better thing. And then if you don't have too much work to talk about, it's just this uh, like scheduled call where you can dive into other things unless there are any super big things to, to prioritize or talk about. Yeah. I agree the importance of the the one to ones and using them like mind mindfully right uh, and not uh, uh, only having the um, the practicals in mind when going into those uh, I, I I think we've struggled a, a bit with with this as well uh, and at least from my experience these online fikas and we have a bare clock where we like try to join in the Friday afternoon uh, uh, just for, for chit-chatting it, it works reasonably well but but i wouldn't say it's sort of just um, the trick so to to speak uh, uh, but but one thing that that i think has worked quite well for for me at least is to uh, uh, like have these spontaneous calls with people without having a, a but, well I, I usually bring one question like i want their advisor or something and uh, pick their brains about the general question like how's this or this coming along uh, and then it evolves into to some conversation uh, and I think that that can potentially at least encourage this this organic way of uh, actually making the call instead of writing the slack message with which I think mm. where I would like uh, 
the goal to reach in this sense, like uh, talking to each other instead of having the written communication. Um, but but it's really uh, it's really hard. Um, yeah, I think that is one of the hardest parts and biggest things that we actually miss, and it's often those informal discussions spark quite good ideas and connect people from different sides of the company to actually mm. come up with some quite innovative ideas mm. and those those are quite easily missed now and even having mm. a little bit bigger setting like afterworks it's yeah it's so hard to have breakout rooms there <laughs> well you can have them now but we are not just used to it so it's usually one or two people talking and then it's then listening <laughs> and yeah it changes the dynamic of discussion quite a bit yeah but we saw that to, to start with as well uh, and it might seem like uh, uh, bureaucratics the, the way that i think we actually solved this it was to have round the table uh, sort of approach uh, that, that type of approach to uh, retrospective discussions and so on. So everybody gets their sort of chance to to talk. Uh, and uh, I mean, it changed the dynamics of many meetings to the better. Uh, and um, I think some team members actually felt that they had more room and a bigger impact on the meetings than when actually being at the office, because you, you got your sort of um, uh, uh, moment in the spotlight, in a sense, uh, your chance to speak uh, and give your your input on on the question at hand. Oh, cool, that's also a good idea. And if we go back to offices, we should take that one <laughs> and put that on an office setting. Also, yeah, you take the stuff bear or something and, and put it in the hands of the speaker, and then you pass it around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, definitely. And yeah, one cool thing that we actually have going on to connect not only the team members but everyone around the company is we have random fikas that uh, you get from our people and culture department. You will get invites every now and then, and there are just random people there, maybe four, maybe five, and it might be that it's some new people or some really new just started juniors or it might be CEO and someone else there and just chatting with a little bit of coffee and mm. and no real agenda and these pretty much go out to entire company on the same moment so everyone should have some some time to do that and you know, yeah. it works quite nicely but also those I think we could have even more of those <laughs> yeah happen every couple of weeks but oh, that's only 20 minutes in a couple of weeks normally at least I used to spend more time <laughs> on the coffee break room. <laughs> yeah. I mean, now they, that's a possibility, I guess, with, with a few systems to have a Discord-like room set up where you always mm. have a call and you can just mm. join this call if you join the, uh, the chat room, basically get, making it a virtual Fika room. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess it would be possible. But I think another concept that's interesting to discuss at this point is, I think, uh, do you have a policy where you where you uh, sort of encourage people to use cameras? Do you enforce it, uh, or how do you go about it? Because uh, I think that's uh, something that has a huge impact. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, like I, I can sometimes uh, ask people to do it for certain meetings, 
like a retrospective, for example, where, where it maybe matters more than, than a strictly technical mm. discussion. And then most are, are uh, pleasantly <laughs> surprised at the, the impact it has, uh, I, I guess. But, but we haven't enforced anything. It's more of a, um, it would be really nice if, if we could, uh, could turn them on just to, to be able to at least see each other in the 2D setting. So. No, we have we have actually remote working guidelines and communication uh -huh. guidelines which say that we use cameras all the time. And if your connection doesn't allow it, yeah, you can switch it off. But we are cameras on, and it makes a huge difference. Uh, it feels so strange to even talk with someone on the phone nowadays when you cannot see them anymore because it's so normal that you talk six hours in a day in a video with someone so yeah and I think it works works quite well mm. I think that, that that makes sense to to have it sort of in the the guidelines there are good reasons to uh, to, to put that uh, and that we, yeah and we also created the communication guidelines and remote working guidelines quite early and fishbrain stating kind of a when you should be available while you are working remotely or how long are the answer times in Slack usually on certain channels if someone needs your help or tries to reach out for you. They are guidelines. We are not really, really checking that everyone does that well. You can see quite easily if someone turns off their camera. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, people like to follow them. They are quite reasonable and they make the communication flow much better. Mm. So I'm quite happy that we have them. Uh, I guess it would be a sort of a natural uh, thing to adopt when you notice that it works, right? So yeah. it, it probably means that they are uh, well stipulated, these uh, guidelines. No, definitely. And I think it, it does make such a difference, doesn't it? When someone, when you can't see someone, when you're trying to talk to almost like a black screen or, or anything like that, there's little things that although, um, when you are having conversations uh, remotely and things like that, you, you pick up on little on you can still pick up on people's body language with it being, um, you know, on video, and and you can pick up on things there that you would never have been able to if if someone mm -hmm. had the screen off. So it is definitely an, an important an mm. important point to make, really. Yeah, it is. It is so big part of communication and the messages that we send and receive is the body language and you don't have to be live to actually see all of that and feel all of that. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. But, but going back to the, the, the water cooler um, chat and the importance of it, the, mm. like, do you have any experiments you would like to conduct uh, at your companies, like any wild ideas that you would like to implement to get this uh, sort of uh, effect, Great even question. though we work remotely? Uh, I, I don't have a solution for it. <laughs> <laughs> I also unfortunately don't have. We we have actually an ongoing meeting room every day. We basically have this checkup where we have a calendar invite for everyone. We have to check in if we want to go to the office. So mm. we know how many people are going to office because of the restrictions. And that actually has always always running meeting there. So if you're lonely, you can go there and check out who's oh. also there. So that's one place where you can go without agenda or without invite. And that's always there. That's a nice idea. Yeah. And really easy to put in place. 
We did one thing. It wasn't necessarily something that we put in place for, um, you know, as water cooler chats, so to speak. But I started um, remotely in my position, um, and there was a t- there was another two people on my team that all started remotely. So one thing that we that we did very early on, which allowed everyone to kind of get out the comfort zone and that kind of thing, is um, we hosted a night that was. Co- um, a cooking evening so we all all had the ingredients and we all cooked together mm. um, so that was that was more of a team building exercise but it allowed everyone to kind of um, you know see, see what people like outside of work and outside of that work environment which you m- might never have necessarily had that opportunity to um, if you weren't working remotely you might never have had that opportunity to but it, it kind of it, it got the conversation flowing in different ways that it would never have done during work hours which I I thought that was a really good sort of thing that we did um mm. I suppose it goes back to something similar that you've done Christian with the beer o'clock kind of thing yeah <laughs> even more similar uh, my colleague Jenny that, that works alongside me uh, she organized a, a bake along so she put on yeah. her um, <laughs> team's uh, call uh, and then uh, we we sent home ingredients to to bake some bread to so everybody, uh, and then they could follow her along like a TV chef uh, <laughs> and uh, do the baking together with her. And I, I, it was a lot of fun, actually. It was nice. Yep. And one thing we also have done every now and then, we have kind of, a, if you remember, MTV Creeps. So people <laughs> go a little bit of their houses. So we have been sewing <laughs> offices and how they look like and how you live and where you work. So people have some idea that you actually oh. are not only a talking head on the screen. But you <laughs> yeah, it becomes more personal than a, in yeah, a way. You have a home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially now when so many people in our company, we have been hiring so much, they have never seen each other. So <laughs> it's giving a little bit of mm-hmm. something from yourself. Mm-hmm. We had the same thing. We had two uh, persons joining in, in February and they didn't meet the rest of the team until I think Four months after after being integrated and on board and everything, and when they finally met, it was like, you know, you could see almost a shock shock in the, their eyes, like this person is real. So it's, <laughs> uh, but it was a, an amazing event. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. to finally. Oh, get to <laughs> oh lovely. Uh, so I'll just go move on to sort of the next question now. So um, as goals, uh, this is of course Christian's question. So as goals evolve, decisions are being made and uh, directionally the organisations change. How do we stay inconclusive and transparent whilst working remotely? So if yeah. Christian, if you'd like to give a bit of background behind that question. Yeah, sure, for sure. Um, and I think uh, I'd like to ask the question more from sort of a um, people manager perspective rather than how to uh, sort of um, propagate uh, tasks in a product <laughs> line, right? Uh, and I get the sense that it's almost like you run the risk of um, working a bit, like having these uh, side blinders that horses have, like you only see straight forward, you don't get the periphery view uh, in a way. Uh, and how to avoid that. Uh, and I think the water cooler uh, chat question sort of uh, is essentially the same, but like if you get to have these informal talks about what's going on and uh, like where, where we're heading and so on, um, 
then maybe there is not the same uh, requirement for the, these formal uh, things to, to be in place. But I, I really, and, and feedback from, from my teams as well, that, that they really want this uh, mm -hmm. sort of inclusion uh, and transparency. So I was wondering, do, do you have any tips, tricks, advice, uh, things that you have done to, to stay on top of, uh, of this? Who goes first? Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rico. Okay, okay. So we tackle this situation with a couple of ways. And I think one way is that we go formal. And we actually have every Friday at three o'clock, we have a full company event where we go through everything that is happening in the company. We are really transparent and honest there, and we include everyone to the information of the company, even some sensitive, sensitive information that cannot go outside of that room, but we trust our employees and we give that information. And we tell about the company situation, where we are, where we are heading, why we are heading there, giving the reasons to people so they can then connect this to the work and actual changes that are happening in the company and in their own work or in their teams. And I think this is this needs to be formal and it needs to be happening often, especially in a, at least in a company like us when things change fast and we are growing fast and plans change and funding situations change. So I think it's really, really important to have this and they are in this same one hour slot, we pretty much usually there might be CEO talking a little bit about the overall situation, but then we have our product teams are giving demos there and sometimes we have some fishing trivia there to get new people also <laughs> understanding a little bit about fishing and something fun usually. And we have always the winners of the week who have been doing something special there introduced and all the new people coming in, people leaving the company are introduced there and they get to say hello and bye and all of this. So it works really well and it's a, I really enjoy enjoy that <laughs> company even though it takes one hour from the entire company plus of course preparation from several people, but it keeps us together and mm. and I really, really enjoy that. And of course there usually then we speak to the entire company, but we speak about things that are about to happen and we really want to make sure that we include all the people on the talks already before that announcements to the company and really early inclusion of everyone that is involved in anything that is changing as soon as possible, as soon as we have enough information to say it, for example, with my team leaders, I, I will get it there and we start discussing and figuring out how to do things and how to tell this to the rest of the company, for example. Mm -hmm and giving also not just giving decisions, but actually giving <laughs> enough power to <laughs> influence those decisions. Mm. So that's one of the ways at yeah. least, and it works quite well for us. Mm. Sounds to me like, like uh, working in many fronts to uh, to stay on top of this. Uh, yes. and, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think it needs that, especially in this setting because of those hallway discussions are not there and conversations mm. and and we also transparency and honesty is one of our six company values and we really 
want to integrate that in everything we do. And I think yeah, sometimes we manage to create some nice confusion with the teams because we go to them with so early information that it's not really <laughs> digested or prepared. But hey, this is the raw situation and the facts. <laughs> How are we going to deal with this? <laughs> and yeah, but I feel that it's better that way than keeping things yeah. things from the team. Uh, Especially I mean, when I have really smart people in my team that I want to get all the input from them to actually help me to make the right decisions. Yeah. I'm being honest with that, that you don't know everything, right? That, that, yeah, absolutely. I usually many times I'm the person who knows least, knows least, but I know many things from many different places and I can connect them. Mm. And yeah, and it's okay to be like that as yeah. a manager, manager in these kind of positions that we are in, you are not the best expert on <laughs> anything, but you know many things from many things. Yeah, I think that's a very, very good uh, conclusion. No, no matter what, uh, if you're if you're working uh, from home or if you're uh, sort of uh, working from the office, uh, that take into account that you as a manager might be operating sometimes at a uh, like a thirty thousand foot view or uh, maybe at least a ten thousand foot view. But the people who are like down on the uh, like three feet view, they have a completely different mm. view of reality, and they have much more expertise of the problem at hand. And usually, uh, there is this saying that um, the devil is in the details, and I think it's a very, very true in tech world. So, mm -hmm. listening and trying to to take their their uh, uh, their input uh, and filtering that so that that you can get change your big picture a bit and uh make room for it uh, is is very very important but it's very hard as well mm -hmm. uh, because as a manager you might think we have to to have uh like this okr live and we have to build this thing and we have to launch this thing and then uh, there's this thing that that we as developers tend to also have different ways of like uh, taking in data and different ways of solving problems. So one person would perceive one problem to be, yeah, this is this is uh, like uh, not good, but something we can solve. Another problem developer might go, ah, we, this is chaos. Mm -hmm. And if you would have been at the office, it's really easy to see their mind, their minds. Um, now it's just like somebody drops a comment in a Slack channel, and it yeah. just erupts. I guess you've all been there. Uh, oh. When and then you go, oh. Please don't panic. <laughs> it's, it's under control. Uh, or even if it is not under control, then panicking is never going to help. So I no. think that is really hard. Um, taking what I'm getting at is taking people's worries uh, and listening to it, whilst mm. not just uh, on the other hand burning this doom sort of mentality when something goes wrong. This is much mm. easier at the office than it is uh, remotely, I believe. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it is, and it is especially spotting these kind of thoughts proving somewhere and being able to react them and gathering this information from people. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's why I think as much as many of us engineers and developers hate the meetings, the remote working actually requires a little bit more meetings <laughs> and face-to-face mm. -face time. Mm. In many cases, because yeah, you don't pick those things up if you don't see people, mm. and having those stand-ups every now and then, every day, hopefully 
helps to really have the feeling of the team where they are and what's happening. Slack channel doesn't really tell up <laughs> the truth. And no. uh, OK on the Slack might be that, OK, we are in deep mess or OK, we can handle it. <laughs> so <laughs> when you don't get the expression with that. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I mean, uh, I, I completely uh, sort of can relate to this, uh, you know, brewing thing that you need to spot before it sort of escalates into uh, this huge thing. Uh, and at least from, from what I've seen so far, it, it can not only be between different development teams, it can be sort of, we have uh, architects working uh, sort of on the bigger level and then the product uh, organization and development teams that have the three feet view, right? Uh, and perhaps part of our sort of um, uh, role as managers is to consolidate that and sort of uh, facilitate the, the understanding between wow. arts. Um, do, but like, is there any silver bullet to this? <laughs> or is it? Uh... I don't think there are any silver bullets, to be honest. Uh, it is, uh, uh, at least from from my experience, something that that you you dream about and tr stop or sort of continue to search for but i think it's really hard to find something that works in all cases because uh i mean it's every situation is a little bit different right and uh therefore it's really hard to have like this is a solid approach and that's what makes it so hard and with leadership also that you have to constantly listen, take in, uh, and evaluate every situation because otherwise it's easy to become this leader who always goes on the safe side or as the leader who always jumps on the latest sort of issue. And you have to be played a bit cool. But if there were anything close to a silver bullet, uh, I'd say the thing is to, uh, to be really mindful and ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess a bit of trying to be the Angela Merkel of the room, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. The reasonable authority. In the sense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and at least at the end of the day, even though someone doesn't get their will, they have uh, had opportunities to sort of uh, speak their uh, speak their heart before a decision is made. And I think that is easier for them than to buy into to what's actually decided. But mm. that, that's that's my experience. I think this is something that's probably very, very um, colored by by what I've been through in my career so far. Yeah, sort absolutely. of a, a follow-up question that, that pops into my mind that, that perhaps could be even more sensitive is sort of maintaining a, a good feedback culture in, in this setting. Uh, mm. How have you experienced that? Because that, that type of conversation naturally sort of comes across best when between four eyes in person, I, I guess, even if it's possible to do it in, in this way as well. Yeah. Would yeah. you would you like to go first, Perpico? Yeah, I, I pretty much follow exactly the same mm. principles that I would face to face. <laughs> and the medium changes a little bit, the situation changes, but I I really do it um, exactly the same way. I just cannot be face to face <laughs> some situations, and there I see that it sometimes sometimes depending on the situation, sometimes it feels much harder to give give that feedback when you cannot just say hey, 
come visit me. Let's go to yeah. a coffee or come visit my room quickly, but you set up a meeting. <laughs> it's one of the situations where the formality doesn't help you. Yes, yeah, the formality in in many cases there doesn't really help you. But then I think there are different levels of feedback also. And I think one thing that we have now managed to do quite well is that is that we have kind of a, created a feedback forum and loop for the each of the product teams from really from the top of the company and they basically pretty much once in a month they meet the whole management team including CEO and they pretty much get to tell what they have been up to how they are with their goals and what are their plans and it's short basically introduction of what they have been doing and then they get to ask questions from the management about their decisions and management ask usually how they can help them to reach their goals and what they could help them to do and if there's anything they would need for management to do or clarify for them and it's it's actually a really nice forum and this is directly it's not only like many in many cases it could be product manager or engineering manager goes to the management or goes to their director and director goes there but it's just I facilitate that but it's whole team 30 minutes, 45 minutes, pretty much now every fifth or sixth week with the management team. And it usually starts the management, whole management meeting, so they can then continue and discuss about that, the management team. And it works really well and it gives an access for everyone in the company to really to the top management. And I think that is something that suffers a lot, especially in the smaller flat companies where you can easily when you are in the office you can talk with anyone and they are not somewhere in the high tower <laughs> but mm. where you normally can talk with them but now when we are remote all the remote workers don't know that for example our CEO Johan is really really nice guy and he wants to talk with everyone and he is really fun to talk with and making that call to a <laughs> CEO as a new <laughs> engineer might be quite <laughs> quite yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quite hard and yeah. get maybe invite to discussion with CEO might be quite hard even though he really wants to just to chat with you and get to know how you think about the company as a new engineer but yeah mm -hmm. making making these kind of glass ceilings go away and getting team and the management together and getting directors out from the middle there I mm. think it's really good and it helps the teams to really form a big picture of why their work is so important for the company so mm. our CEO quite often directly relates what they are working with so this is really important for us now at this situation because we are doing this and this as a whole company so what you are doing now in your team and these and these features yeah so important and to hit those goals and this gives yeah for everyone everyone a chance to understand why they are doing certain things and why they are so important and see that there's actually the whole management group that cares <laughs> and wants to help them yeah uh, it's really cool kind of an event that we have yeah i think that that warms my heart to hear about that, that type mm. of uh, setup I, I think it sounds amazing and it really goes to the heart of what, what I, I sort of wanted out of the question as well so thanks for sharing that so. oh cool that's yeah that's part of the culture that we really want to build through the whole fish brain and no matter where you are remote or local you mm. have uh, this kind of culture where you can speak with everyone and everyone wants to help each other to reach the same goals for the company
Do you think um, that being remote has helped helped that communication a little bit? It, you like that has um, maybe excelled it, whereas maybe it, that culture wouldn't necessarily be as available if you were in the office. It might be. It might well be because this has been a result for remote working and needing to connect the management team with the product teams. So well, I would say that this might have not happened without being remote. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, something good mm-hmm. comes out of it. Well, lots of good things also have come out of it. And yeah. and looking at the future at Fishbrain, we are we are going to be having fully remote people and and we are going to hybrid remote for even for local people thinking of basically we are giving lots of freedom for the teams to choose how they mm-hmm. want to work once the office opens actually and i would imagine that many of my teams want to spend for example their groomings or retros mm-hmm. together with maybe a couple of people remotely so one two days in the office but then most rest of the time they could be somewhere else as they mm-hmm. wish to do and this has been very welcomed by many, many people in the company also. I guess mm-hmm. we got quite used to this <laughs> remote setting and not having to spend one or one and a half hour in traffic <laughs> every yeah. morning. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Stockholm sometimes can it be. <laughs> I'm really um, uh, like leaving it uh, largely to the teams and sort of make uh, having them have the last say in this way because it is there every day uh, uh, that mm. it sort of uh, involves right I, I think that that is a really uh, uh, good route to to go uh, mm. yes, and in the end at least our teams they have their goals and they are quite free to actually figure out how to reach those goals so mm. if it's remote it, remote if it's office yeah then they get to choose. Definitely. Hans, did you have something to add to that? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, being being remote is something you also have to, uh, to like, at least from, given the context uh, that we had here at OneFlow, it's, it's something that's really, for some people, it's been really easy to work remotely. The people with mm-hmm. families, perhaps, the people have their loved ones nearby, maybe they have some space to work. We have a lot of people who just came to Sweden, getting set up. Uh, Grona unblocks them from traveling. They may not be able to uh, to travel and see their loved ones. They may live alone. They may live in a smaller apartment. They may not have that big of a social life uh, outside company. So, for for people with with these sort of uh, other uh, lives than just the the sort of one that really applies to uh, to the people like that prefer working from home. I think it's important to keep those people in mind as well and make sure that you do plan for for them to be available at the office and also for mm-hmm. then for everyone to to also come in from time to time because otherwise it's going to be like this. Uh, if you have a meeting that's, that's at like one o'clock every Wednesday and it's voluntarily uh, to, to attend it, but it's always the same people who attend it. Is it yeah. because these are your most dedicated people, or is it just that these are your people who can always rock up at uh, at one o'clock on a Wednesday? Uh, so it's it's all this sort of making sure that uh, that you have a system that's aligned and uh, welcoming for everyone, mm-hmm. no matter what their uh, sort of uh, 
prerequisite and uh, like uh, life in general is set up. Uh, and so that's something I think is really important. I'm not saying it, it's very easy and that we're doing it really good. I'm just saying it's something I try to look for. Uh, and I mean, it's a bit like stumbling in the dark because you don't really get to see uh, too much about like how how people are doing, but just asking and being uh, like there to to make sure that you can improve on it if needed is, is uh, something I try to do. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, with that then, um, I'm going to conclude that um, there. Thank you very much for everyone's points.